Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COV is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 18th of June. I'm here with uh, David Scott. Scuddy, how is the day today? It was great, Nadine. A uh, lot to take in. There was lots of news, you know, be it economic data or company news and the like, uh, geopolitics, so something for everyone. Yeah, uh, so the market finished into negative territory, falling for the first time in three days, but did recover off the session lows after we did get that jobless rate through. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, you know, a lot of what we had thought being confirmed um, in the stats, uh, one of which was the fact that young people and also women are being hit harder in this COVID crisis. Yes, it was, uh, it was another sobering report and uh, a lot worse than what the median economist forecast was looking for. Obviously, there were people who were looking for worse, but it was definitely uh, not great news. Uh, and I'm, I'm concerned about you know, the youth in particular side of things because uh, we already knew that there was a problem with youth underutilization and youth unemployment here in Australia prior to this crisis. Uh, and then what we're seeing today is that, you know, as you mentioned, women and the young have been the hardest hit by this. And we saw a huge drop in participation as well. So that likely reflects that there's probably some people who are getting paid uh, to do nothing at the moment. So they're, they're sitting, uh, sitting back and, and waiting. But that's only going to last for a certain period of time. And if economic conditions are not strong enough to go and generate jobs, then I'm really concerned about that younger generation coming through you know, when it comes to the, uh, the employment outlook. It was interesting, though, that total hours worked fell just by 0.7% on the month, which is you know, much smaller than what we saw in April. Um, but still, it appears as if, you know, just given by the people that we spoke with today, you know, we had a good conversation with Justin Smirk from Westpac afterwards, mm. that you know, there's nothing in this jobless data today that would suggest anything but you know, a pretty long road back for the Australian economy from this pandemic. I absolutely agree. In fact, I tweeted it as soon as I got off air. I came out uh, and, and I tweeted that uh, this is not consistent with this view that we're going to see a V-shaped recovery. We know the labour market's really, really important. Uh, we already knew that there was a lot of slack in the labour market. That's why we didn't have any wage growth for uh, the best part of a decade. Uh, and now we're in a much worse spot. So it is, I won't, I won't say it's dire, but certainly uh, there are a lot of risks out there and the slog is going to be hard. And that means that uh, for potentially for a generation, uh, it's going to be bad news yeah and we will continue to try to make sense of all this when you're putting job keeper and job seeker and the impact on the actual statistics going forward um david bassanese weighed in on this one he's chief economist at beta shares you can listen to that interview and you can access it via the show notes there were some interesting moves uh, coming out today uh, in the buy now, pay later place space, I should say. So we did have, um, you know, after pay hitting yet another record high today. But in some of those 
company names that are, are around the buy now pay later space. So for example, we did have Pushpay coming out, upgrading its full year forecast. Pushpay, of course, is really leveraged to the, uh, the really the church, church movement. I don't know how you, how you say that, Scotty, help me out here. It's churches. Religious gatherings. Yeah, religious gatherings in the U.S. in particular and Pushpay having a great day. And then a Split It as well. So Split It isn't really buy now, pay later. It allows its users to basically make payment installments. Yeah, tap their existing credit lines with, with lenders, but then do it in installments. Yeah, and so they have announced a new agreement with MasterCard, and we spoke with the CEO pretty shortly after that announcement hit the wire. Um, here's what he had to say about strategic planning post, uh, you know, this agreement with MasterCard. A key part for us was to get the foundations right. Uh, so the partnerships with Visa and MasterCard incredibly important, including our partnership with Stripe, Shopify, Magento, and a number of other uh, players around the world. Those, install th those pieces of the puzzle are now being put in place and our foundations are becoming more solid. Now what we're really focused on, exactly as you said, is broadening acceptance at Merchant. So we're, we're increasing our efforts now that we have these foundations in place to accelerate acceptance. And then in time, consumers will continue to use us more often as they, they experience the product. And we know from those consumers that use us now that they love and continue to use our product. So but the next stage is to build out acceptance as fast as possible. And that's where we're excited about this partnership and working closely with MasterCard to help make that happen. So that was Split It CEO Brad Patterson there. We spoke to him direct from the US and by the end of the session, uh, the split it share price was up by more than 100%. If you would like to listen to that interview in its entirety, again, you can do that by accessing the show notes. We started the session, you know, even before the session, with a couple, a couple of retailers um, out this morning. So it was Shaver Shop, which uh, finished the day up by 20%. And we also heard from Temple and Webster, which put on about 4% today. Really, Scotty, just talking about uh, how strong sales had been, particularly in the online channel. And I think that goes you know, a little bit to your view today in the newsletter, just about how our lives will potentially be forever impacted by this crisis, not just in the way that we spend, which of course is, is interesting and important, but you know, it can be more fundamental than that. Yes, it's gonna change the way we do things for, uh, forever. And uh, I won't go into the full diatribe about what I wrote, but uh, we've seen around Sydney CBD at least, and I'm sure everywhere around the world or uh, Australia where you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen evidence that people are not returning to offices like you've done in the past. Uh, tells me, you know, obviously the health aspects, particularly here in Australia, are looking pretty good, yet people aren't returning to, uh, to their offices. So it makes you wonder, like, obviously there's not a great deal of urgency on behalf of, uh, of either staff or companies to go and bring staff back into the office. So things must be doing okay. And then you think about the ramifications, if that isn't a temporary thing, it's a permanent thing. Uh, you talk about you know, the, how it's gonna go and change things. Well, decentralization. Uh, I've lost count how many articles. I know I've written alone pretty much everyone else. You know, I've been talking about housing affordability in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, well, here's an opportunity perhaps from an Australian perspective where you won't see people having to live in those cities to go and work in a job that's based in those cities. Yeah, it might push people to the regions as well, which perhaps wouldn't be a bad thing overall, but if you're going to be working from home, enjoying your home more, perhaps you're lighting it more, it's a pretty clunky segue. But keeping with that retail theme, um, to our stock of the day, which is Beacon Lighting. So that's another company, another retailer that was out yesterday just talking about the pretty good sales that they had in the first half, but also this shift to online spending. Today, Beacon Lighting 
Uh, target price was lifted a full 45% in the wake of that update yesterday. A little bit of profit taking today. It was down by 5.5%, but it was the stock of the day. So David Kosh had a good chat with Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Let's take a listen. A beacon lighting does pass our filters in Conscious Investor, but not with any great enthusiasm. It's got high return on equity, with, which it gets a good tick for. Debt's reasonable, gets a sort of a small tick for that. But earnings per share have only grown up till now by marginally more than inflation over the six odd years it's been listed. And the one area of concern has been that net profit margin has been declining every year. So it'd be very interesting uh, uh, now with them suddenly having a big increase in sales and a big increase in profits. I presume that suggests they've arrested their decline in margin. And that's probably because a lot of their competitors were closed. This, this company listed in 2014. Share price quickly went to $2. Even after today's rally, it's $1. Yeah. Um, so it basically managed to lose half of its value in, in five years. Not a great look. Right? Yeah. Uh, instead of focusing on the, 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 the profit growth, I often look at the dividends and, and, and this company pays dividends. Yeah. Um, again, there's that picture that they find it very difficult to, to increase those dividends. And, and, not, and this year they will, they will cut their dividends. City, um, before yesterday's update, had declared that this was their favorite retailer in Australia. It may well be that, that these guys will have a fantastic period at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, and, and as a new investor, that may well mean that you have a, I mean, a, a profitable six months, 12 months ahead of you. Now, for my investing style, that's not enough. I mean, I, I look at that long-term trend and I go like, yeah, right, right? The famous quote from Warren Buffett, the problem with most turnaround stories is they never really actually turn around. Right? <laughs> And that was Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena finishing uh, the thoughts on our stock of the day, which is Beacon Lighting, BLX. You want to give us your joke? Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> one of the bright spots in the market this week. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on from that, let's get into what we are expecting coming up. Um, Look, as far as economic data here at home, I think that we got the big one out of the way today with the jobs figures. Um, we have the Bank of England tonight, of course. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow, we do have the preliminary read on retail trade. That will be interesting to see whether we get the, uh, the record-breaking percentage gain snapback. Anyone who reads my, uh, my Scuddy's View and the, uh, the newsletter will see that I'm um, quite obsessed about these uh, percentage changes and not to go and read too much into them. Look, we'll find out uh, there's likely to be uh, some sort of bounce, uh, but once again, it comes down to the actual relative level of sales rather than you know, how big the percentage increase is. Uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, very, very wild uh, you know, percentage changes for quite a while. And we have a great guest to come on the back of that. So Paul Zara, he is the new CEO of the Australian Retailers Association. He will be joining us live here at Ausbiz to talk us through not just the retail results, but really what he sees when it comes to trends. So we do hope you can join us for that. That'll be shortly after three o'clock. Um, during the day though, we'll be speaking with Andrew Ticers from Nomura. He is one of those economists that says, look, today's job figures really does, you know, seal the fate for the Australian economy. There will be no V-shaped recovery. We'll also be speaking with Vimal Gore. He is the head of bond income and defensives at Pendle. We'll find out what he makes of all the rhetoric coming from the Fed this week. 
That'll be an interesting one. And uh, we'll also check in with Neil Perry from Rockpool to find out what's happening on the hospitality front in the, I guess you could say, the circles that he travels in. And that's a bit of the Friday water cooler chat. And we will, of course, round it all up tomorrow with our weekly update from Shane Oliver, the chief economist at A&P Capital. So it's a Friday tomorrow. We're really looking forward to it. We do hope that you join us for that. A huge thanks to Capstream for sponsoring this podcast. You can get more information in your episode notes on Capstream or you can visit capstream.com. We're almost at the end of this week. Scotty, shall we wrap it for today? Manana. We'll see you tomorrow. 